a special election, selling houses, barking at county council, helping the less fortunate, and celebrating a 13th anniversary. All this and more on the March 3rd, 2016 edition of the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. As always, the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust, is made possible by Sullivan's and Sullivan's at Brookstone. Sullivan's at Brookstone is Anderson's best spot for lunch and dinner Thursday through Friday and lunch on Wednesday through Sunday. That's right. You heard it right. Sunday lunch from Sullivan's at Brookstone. Check them out on Facebook at Sullivan's at Brookstone or at Sullivan'sBrookstone.com. And don't forget the mothership, Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill downtown, which helped kick off the revival of downtown Anderson. Best food around anywhere people drive from all over the south always ends up on some of the top list of best food in the country. It has been another great week in Anderson. Everybody keeps asking about the Bales Building demolition, and the latest update is this. They have been working on gutting the inside of the building to make the takedown with the giant claw easier and more efficient. And weather permitting, they sh- there should be rubble on that site here in the next few days. We'll try to keep you up- updated here. You can also check the Anderson Observer Daily. We'll have video of it and stories about it as it happens. Among the things on today's show, uh, the revival of the housing market in Anderson, a uh, story on the Anderson Free Clinic, uh, a room full of folks at County Council Tuesday night barking at the County Council members and the Cancer Association of Anderson's 13th anniversary. Plus, it's been a busy week already. Today, four of the five candidates seeking to fill the seat of uh, late Senator Billy O'Dell spoke at the Anderson Area Chamber of Commerce's uh, candidate forum breakfast. Re- uh, Representative Mike Gambrell, Greenwood City Attorney Trip Paget, retired City of Anderson Neighborhood and Transportation Director Willie Day, and Williamson City Council member and local businessman Rocky Burgess told folks at the event why they chose to run and what they hope to accomplish. Mark Powell, who is a fifth person uh, who's seeking to get that seat, was out of town and could not make the forum. But the forum prevent- presented four questions to the group, one on road funding, one on Medicaid expansion, water resources, and taxation of second homes. There was some general agreement on potential tax- gas tax for road funding, although the group did have some differences on the particulars. Three of the four opposed Medicaid expansion, fearing more federal mandates down the road, and Willie Day said he favored looking into it and at least seeing if there was a possibility there to help those who are less fortunate and can't have fallen in the gaps on the health care. They all seem pretty keen on the water quality issues here and what, and what a great resource Lake Hartwell and, of course, Lake Greenwood further down, which is part of this district. South Carolina Senate District 4 covers the southwestern part, of, southeastern part of Anderson County and parts of Greenwood County down through there. Um, but they wanted to all balance protecting our water with reasonable regulations, things you hear a lot. However, they did say they wanted to make sure no runoff. Nothing would really spoil these things. In fact, uh, Representative Gambrell said it was our greatest resource here, uh, Hartwell Lake, and said every international headquarters in the world should be located here. But he also said there's two bills in the legislature to provide some measure of relief for homeowners of uh, vacation homes and rental properties. And Paget, who also practices real estate law in Greenwood, said that some compromise is really needed to avoid losing potential buyers of homes around our lakes and other places, and also people who buy homes as investments. They want to see some sort of compromise. Several years ago, the General Assembly passed legislation to give first homeowners uh, a break on property taxes while raising the rates on those who own more than one home. So that they're looking for a way to keep the homeowners down, Gambrel said, and at the same time find some measure of relief for those who have second homes and rental properties. I wanted to include the opening statements from each candidate for this South Carolina Senate District 4 race in alphabetical order starting with Willie Day. 
I'm glad to be here again. As Rocky said, I'm glad to be here and glad that the uh, chamber is hosting this. Uh, as Beverly said in my intro, for the last uh, 31 and a half years, at least until January 31st of last year, I worked for the city of Anderson. I'm originally from Greenwood, South Carolina. I went to public schools in Greenwood, South Carolina. I graduated from Atlanta University in Greenwood, South Carolina. But during that whole time, from 1983 to 2015, I worked here at the city of Anderson. Now, uh, the reason that I'm running is this reason. Having worked for local government for 31 and a half years, I am a passionate conservative. My entire career, I have worked for people. I have worked for people. My job was to have a, a project handed to me, and my job was to make sure that that job was completed. Now, one of the things I see that's happening in Columbia is a total breakdown of people working together and trying to make things happen for the hardworking taxpayers of Anderson, South Carolina. And that's the reason I'm running. The other reason is that I will listen. If you call me, uh, regardless of where you live or where you are, I will try to help you because that's what I have done all my life. There are some other things that are going on as it relates to term limits and, 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 and talk about cronyism and patronage. But the real reason I'm running is because I have my entire career help people and that's what I continue to do. Thank you. And Rocky Burgess was next. First of all, I want to thank uh, the Chamber for hosting this event, and thank you, Pam, for uh, inviting me here. I certainly uh, am uh, glad to be here and, and have the opportunity to speak before you. Um, my name is Rocky Burgess, and I, I'm currently a city council member in Williamson. I'm a graduate of Palmetto High School in um, 1993. After graduating from high school, I joined the, uh, the Army. I uh, served in the Army for, I believe, about eight years total. Um, got out and worked at the Sheriff's Office as uh, Sheriff's Deputy for uh, 11 years. Uh, currently a small business owner, just like most of you in the city of Williamson, on a company called Autech. We do fiber, voice, and data uh, systems. Basically, anything um, in a large commercial building, low voltage, we do. Um, the reason I'm running is I've, I've looked and debated this for a number of years. I see the state having a lot of really major issues, and it appears to me that a lot of those issues aren't being tackled, and certainly aren't being tackled in the way in which I would, I would tackle. Um, we need a conservative uh, in office that will look out for small business owners, look out for the average everyday citizen, and I haven't been seeing that in Columbia. So, uh, with much prayer, uh, consideration, talking with my wife, my children, my employees, we decided to take this leap of faith, and uh, look forward to you vote on March the 22nd. I thank you for your time, thank you for hosting this. South Carolina State Representative Mike Gambrell had this to say. Hey, I want to thank the Chamber for having us here today. My name is Mike Gamble. I'm running for Senate seat District 4. It was held by our good friend, Senator Billy O'Dell. He was a mentor to me, and he's not only a mentor to me, he was my friend. Uh, he kind of guided me through my legislative career. I've been in the House of Representatives in my 10th year. And we've, just, we've tried to do, I can make you one promise. Why am I running for the Senate? I like to continue what I've tried to do in the House, and that is to do the right thing. That's the only thing I can promise you. And if I promise you anything else, I promise you it's not near as bad as you can be told it is. We do try to do the right thing. We have to look at the big picture. Uh, to go back, I was born and raised here in the local area between Belton and Honeypath. Renee and I, my wife and my best friend, uh, have lived, we're 20, married for 26 years. We live in my grandfather's farmhouse and we live, I'm 20 minutes from Greenwood, 20 minutes from Anderson, 20 minutes from Island, 20 minutes from Piedmont. And I'm dead in the middle of the But uh, my number one goal is, is the paper asking me every year. It's constituent service. That's the one thing Mike Gamble's got control of. Taxes, jobs, education. I gotta have a lot of my friends go along with me before we can make that happen. But you call me with a problem, I promise you we'll, you'll get a call back. 
and you'll also get an answer. Might not be the answer you want to hear, but you will get an answer. But appreciate your vote on March 22nd. Thank you. And the final candidate was the Greenville City Attorney, Trip Padgett. My name is Trip Padgett. Uh, I'm an attorney in Greenwood. I went to Walker College and then law school at, at USC. Now, the point of the question was, why am I running? I chose to run because I did not think I could legitimately complain about anything in South Carolina if I wasn't willing to step forward and to try to make a positive difference. I'm, I'm not really sure government's broken. What I'm sure about is there's a disconnect between people and government. We have, there are four people here today running. We have five. We should have 25. More people need to be involved in government, whether you're running or whether you're voting. If I can get to Columbia, I can make a positive difference by contributing to the conversation. That's why I'm running. Thank you. If only our national politicians could learn the civility of these guys, they were uh, really interested in the issues, they're interested in answering questions, they stuck around and talked to the folks afterwards. And they seem to have a lot of notes and some pretty clear understanding of what they wanted to do. So don't forget, March 22nd, if you're in the district, you can vote for uh, South Carolina Senate seat, uh, Senate District 4. It's March 22nd, and that person will take the seat from the late, great Senator Billy O'Dell, who passed away not too long ago. This morning was also a big day downtown where the Scoop Some Soup for Lunch fundraiser for Clean Start. If you don't know about Clean Start, it's a hygiene resource center for those in need in Anderson. People can go there and get laundry done, get showers. More than 120 people each week go by there and get, the, get those things done. They can do those when they have jobs. They help them with job referrals and referrals to other services. And it really makes a big difference when somebody can get clean and get clean clothes on. Uh, sometimes they head on up to the emergency soup kitchen and, and get lunch, and it's wonderful to see those folks come through. This fundraiser is held once each year. It's a big fundraiser for them. If you missed it and still want to help uh, out with what they're doing at Clean Start, there's more information can be found at their Facebook page. Just look at Clean Start Anderson, and you'll be able to find that. There are a lot of other things going on in upcoming events, and I'll talk about those a little bit later in the podcast. But this week, I wanted to get an update on the Anderson housing market here as we're getting well into 2016. A lot of people are talking about it bouncing back. We want to look at how things have recovered since the crash of 2008. I know I was working with the builder, my dad, then, and we really saw the bubble burst, and we, we uh, it, it really hasn't recovered. A lot of people got out of the market then. I talked to Craig Chapelier of Chapelier & Associates. Uh, they're a Keller Williams firm. I have known Craig a long time. In fact, he, he once worked with my dad in business years ago, and he still thinks a lot of my dad, and so do I. But he was also recently honored with a national award from Keller Williams for his work here as the top seller here in Western Carolina, upstate South Carolina. And I also had a chance to talk with Craig about one other thing while I had him. Couldn't, give, couldn't let him get away without uh, not talking about this when he was in the room, and that's the Anderson Free Clinic, which is another one of those great organizations a lot of people don't know about, and Craig's been a volunteer there for some time, does a lot of work with them and helps them raise funds. But here's what Craig had to say about real estate and then what we had said when we talked about the free clinic. I'm talking to Craig Chapelier is with Keller Williams, that's correct? That's right, right yeah. And you just won like the Oscar for something. <laughs> what did you win? You just won something. Uh, we had a great 2015. Yeah. Um, we um, locally, uh, we had more home, more transactions um, than anybody in the MLS, in our Western Upstate MLS, about 100 133, 135, I can't remember which one. Um, and then we had more uh, closed volume, uh, 27.2 million uh, than anybody in, in Anderson County. 
Um, so it was a great year. Um, Can you say for the layperson, what does that mean? Uh, it, it just it just means that housing was doing really great in 2015. Okay. Um, we won a, a regional award for Keller Williams. Um, we were number one team in North and South Carolina among Keller Williams teams. Great. Yeah. So it was a, a, actually a really a kind of a big shock. Uh, <laughs> we we knew we did well. Right. Um, but we didn't know we did that well, right? Because we don't we don't track everybody else's numbers. So houses are selling in Anderson's is what you're is what you're telling me. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. This They're is a big change. Selling. This has really been a change after years of sort of several years of being slow, right? Yeah, you've uh, we 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 track the numbers pretty pretty closely. Um, in fact, I brought a little bit of local data here. Um, you know, year over year, I actually just recently did an interview um, with Anderson Independent, uh, and we were talking about, um, you know, it, it, he brought up an anomaly that there were less closed transactions in January of 2016 compared year, uh, month over month from January of 2017 or 2015, and really it was a the. It was just kind of an anomaly, I think. You know, we we've recently been hit with uh, some new guidelines as far as lending uh, called TRID, uh, where it adds a few more days um, to the process, um, just so that we're not getting closing statements at the closing table. Uh, a lot of times we're just, you know, it was we're sitting at the closing table waiting on a, a HUD statement. Uh, so it was basically sink or swim at that point. And now we have three days. Uh, to be able to, um, we'll have the closing statement three days, review it, and then we can close. Uh, so it's it's good and bad. It it adds more time, uh, you know. But I think that for the layperson, it's actually a little bit easier to read than than the traditional closing statement. Well, is it is new construction driving this, or is it houses already on the market, or what's driving this? Uh... Um, you know, resales have actually gone up a lot. Um, we've had. Um, I think I think we, whenever I, I I like to look at the big picture first and then kind of boil it down to its smaller points. Um, we have so if you're looking at the big picture, it's it's basically boiling down to basic economics of supply and demand. Um, you know we have uh, we've had a surplus of homes since uh, the recession. Uh, it typically it was really 2008 or a little earlier than that for here yeah for here we didn't really feel the effects in around to late 2008 early 2009 mm -hmm. um, other markets it started as early as 2005 um, so but they had tremendous tremendous growth I mean it was a bubble that everybody expected to pop in bigger areas but maybe didn't realize that it was actually going to go ahead and affect everybody until all of those foreclosures from the subprime market, uh, <laughs> you know, 28, 28 million bad loans, um, you know, we had to uh, had to get rid of that inventory first. Uh, so we've we've now gotten out of a lot of those foreclosures, uh, which allows homeowners uh, to actually resell at a at a price that they're. I think it's important to to remind everybody that it's that builders and realtors were not to blame for the. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was, well, you know, going back again to supply and demand, if you have... Yeah, but it was banks kind of doing things that were real shady. Yeah, well, it was, you know, it was, it, the, the purpose behind it was, you know, 
I think it was benevolent. It was, um, you know, making homes affordable for people so that they can get on the property ladder because as a homeowner, um, homeowners, uh, their net worth at retirement is around $250,000 net worth. Whereas a renter who rents at the same retirement age is worth, I think, around ten or fifteen thousand uh, dollars. It's basically a forced savings account, is by what buying a home is. Plus, it gets you on the appreciation. Um, but uh, so with when you had all those bad loans, yeah. Um, but you and I could go today and probably talking to enough friends and family and make a down payment on on a Bentley. You know, but we couldn't keep the payments going. Well, exactly. And you know up front, you, the guy selling it to me probably knows that. He looks yeah. at my financials. Well, and and there were so many weird loans back then. You had uh, interest-only loans. You had um, arms were incredibly uh, popular because, you know, uh, I could I could buy a $400,000 house for uh, a mortgage payment of a $250,000 house with, right. because it's interest-only or because it's an arm at a lower interest rate. Um but inevitably, and a lot of people got caught by this, is they never missed a payment, but their arm uh, matured uh, right as the recession, right when the recession hit, uh, went to refinance. House wasn't worth what, it, what they paid for it, so nothing else to do but lose it. Right. Um, it a lot of people got hurt. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about how, uh, let's talk new construction first. That, okay. that seems to be growing here too. Is that, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, permits are definitely up for new construction, and we can thank... Um, you know, there's so many builders that uh, got out of the business yep. because of the recession. Um, you know, a lot of spec builders um, that just can't find financing right now. <laughs> a lot of banks, uh, I mean, when the recession hit, everything tightened. Mm-hmm. Uh, banks basically would lend you money if you had the exact same amount of money in the bank. <laughs> right. So if you're looking for a $200,000 loan to do a spec house, they required you to have $200,000 in the bank, at their bank, as collateral. So basically, they're lending money to people who didn't really need to lend money. Um, also, if you even if you could get the money, you're going to be sitting on them a while. You, yeah, unless you could you outprice it. Uh, you yeah. know, obviously, price covers up a multitude of sins. So you know, if you could if you could still you know, yeah, but spec builders can't afford to do that. That's, yeah, well, you know, it's a can't work for free. You can't. You can't. And you've got subs that you have to pay and and that sort of thing. So. Um, yeah, definitely. It was what's driving a lot of new construction now is we've have a lot of national builders that have you know come in and taken advantage of a lot of the under uh, the um, undeveloped neighborhoods that were built back in the peak of the market. Um, I know that you've probably been around town. Everybody that listens to mm-hmm. your your show has probably been around town and seen uh, roads cut and neighborhoods with two or three homes on them, and that's about it. Right. Uh, so national builders, still several sitting around. Still so several. So national builders are able to come in. Um, buy the rest of the lots, uh, either uh, from the investor who's purchased it or directly from the bank, at pennies on the dollar of what the lots were selling for uh, before, and and basically, uh, you know, build <laughs> very you know very nice homes um, for fifteen twenty dollars less than than what a a regular um, general contractor could build a house for, uh, just because they build on volume, you know, less profit, but. And be able to negotiate with subs and material vendors uh, at a much better price. Well, I mean, and, and construction has one of the most powerful ripples throughout the economy, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things that's kind of driven. And, and also, Anderson County, a lot of international businesses have moved. We've had a lot of industry and in development here mm-hmm. in the last since well, since two thousand eight. I mean, they. 
thousands and thousands of jobs have come in, and we've got mm -hmm. like 23 international companies here from, mm -hmm. uh, I think South, Anderson County has the most international companies of any county in the state of South Carolina. Wow, yeah, so, I wasn't even aware of that. Yeah. I know that um, <clears throat> our state constitution is not exactly set up um, for growth and in, in industry, but um, you know, they've definitely been able to think of creative ways with fee and of taxes and, and extra incentives to be able to bring, uh, because it's not just the tax income, and I hope a lot of people have to realize that it's not just the taxes that the company pays, it's what, you know, what they bring to the table. They're bringing, you know, hundreds and thousands of jobs to the area, um, you know, and those folks pay taxes and those folks spend money, which increases, you know, helps the economy all the way around. Um, Wexler, you know, this German company, they've got the... Uh uh, TTI, barely a half square. Seen that building? It's massive out there. They're bringing in hundreds of jobs. Coca Cola hadn't even started on their <laughs> marketing headquarters over yeah. in uh, Piedmont area. So I mean, it's it's amazing to see. Yeah, and you know, economic uh, both county and city economic developers have done a really good job about recognizing that you know we have a lot to offer. Being and we're geographically located in almost a perfect spot. <laughs> we have you know from exit four to exit uh, forty in Anderson County, um, you know, so I think that's how the, the perimeter is working, you know, right on I-85. So, and largely, if you're driven down it, raw land, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so getting infrastructure there is really the biggest challenge. Um, I know that the uh, county economic developer is planning a new industrial park out on yep. uh, Clemson Boulevard. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, uh, what he was, uh, we, we lost out a, a bid because we just didn't have a site and somewhere else did. Yeah, that um, the old Rogers Farm property there's been sitting there forever. Yeah, uh, they planted trees. They cut them down. That was really weird. You remember that? They <laughs> planted true. all those trees and they cut them down. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of an interesting. But yeah, and not only that, they're going to have a um, Tri County Tech uh, campus on the industrial park property, mm -hmm. so yep. people can be trained for their work without having to drive even to Pendleton. That's pretty amazing. Absolutely. And, uh, um, yeah, Burris Nelson and Rusty Burns, those guys, have done a great job. They really do have. They're visionary yeah. on that kind of stuff. And, yeah. Trying to get out ahead of it. All right, now I've known Craig a long time, so let, tell me this: not as, as you want, as a salesperson, as you don't hand out a card. Is this a good time for somebody to buy a house? Let's say a new couple just gets married. Is this a good time for them to buy a house, or should they wait? Or? Absolutely, absolutely, a good time. Um, so, uh, is it the best time? Maybe not, um, because you know, being able to. Uh, predict when the bottom of the market is for a, you know as a buyer from a buyer standpoint um, it is impossible nobody can do it um, that's why everybody was caught off guard uh, most everybody was caught off guard by the housing crisis um, but as far as rates rates I think are around 3.675 3.8 um, which historically are record record lows Honestly, when they raised the Fed raised interest rates, I didn't think we'd ever see threes again, ever. Um, you know, they were, you know, and they've teetered over the last couple of years between uh, four and a half and, you know, between three and a half and four and a half over the last couple of years. Um, I think they got up as high as 4.8 at one time. Um, but as far as how much house your monthly payment can buy, now is the best time. Um, because as the economy improves, and that's the biggest factor. As the economy improves, as more buyers are applying for loans, those rates will go up. And your monthly payment, the amount of house your monthly payment will be able to buy goes down every time those rates go up. Uh, so it's, it's definitely a great, great time. Um, you know, there's certain, and it depends on what kind of price range you're looking into. If you're in a first-time home buyer uh, price range, 
um, those those homes are, are are really kind of in a shortage in certain. That's what I was going to ask you. I've heard that, that really there's a shortage of homes in, on the low end. That and I say that I'm talking about between I don't know what. I mean, just to broadly say 100 and 200, you know, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. two, 225 yeah. to 150, 225. There's, and that, that, that's an opportunity for local builders who have been hanging on by doing renovations and stuff to start thinking about getting back in. If you can find property, property is starting to become a problem now in Anderson yeah. County, <laughs> yeah. especially in, in desirable places. You start yeah. looking and people are holding well, out. And it's still... Um, you know, there's different loan programs that are still available to people, and and what Anderson has, it really has that you know um, Greenville doesn't have is is we have a lot of area that's in our county that's actually qualifies for USDA rural housing financing, um, which allows that mortgage payment to actually go even further. Now, in though you know, it, it, rural housing is supposed to um, attract people to move into more rural areas. Um, and our lines are cut very weird. Like I live right off of uh, Concord Road, and I'm in a USDA rural housing area. Wow. Rivendell is in a USDA rural housing area. The way that they've cut the lines, based on density levels and, and that sort of thing. Um, Have they modified those in many years? They or? actually modified them, I think, last October. Okay. Um, but it didn't really change much here. Right. Um, uh, we th- they they gave us a proposed map that actually was going to bring the west side's line closer to the airport. Right now it's right around New Hope Road close to the double bridges. They were gonna bring it a little bit closer to the airport which would allow encompass more properties within the USDA area. And now, but they left it the same, so. But I mean, Anderson's grown, particularly that, the area you're talking about has really grown so much mm-hmm. that it, it eventually, it's gonna become a problem for the premium money. The other problem, and I, I know you, you gotta be careful what you say about this, <laughs> but the downside of these national builders coming in, some of them are not building quality housing. Yeah, and that's a, that's a real argument. I know some mm-hmm. have come before county council and just flat out lied. Yeah. I mean, the first time they came in, they're doing this, and they come back and ask for something that's about half the quality and half the size. Mm-hmm. And, and, and fortunately, council, uh, of course, you know, Tommy Dunn's a builder. Sure. He's basically like, you know, you, you're talking to a builder here, so you're really barking yeah. up the wrong tree. So yeah. they, they shot him down. But I know I've seen some houses that were too big to be built on the slabs they were built on that are two years old and cracking that people paid Three hundred thousand dollars for, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and you know, of course, you know, Craig knows my dad really well, and Dad never built a house like Dad. Yeah. <laughs> he would not build it if he wasn't going to move into it. Yeah, and you know, he would sit there and make sure it was right. Yeah. But it, it 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 bothers a lot of the guys who spent their whole lives, you know, building quality homes to watch a lot of these things being, and they're really just being thrown up. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think it, it it's a matter of checks and balances. So you've um, you know, any time that you have uh, a track builder or a national builder that comes in and, and can you know, you've got crews that switch out and, and contractors might switch half project, you know, mid project. Um, your dad will probably say this, you know, if, um, you know, subs or workers that are under you, unless you know them and unless you right. are, uh, you have a good relationship and they know, um, a lot of them will just get it done as quickly as possible because they're, they're actually with national builders paid less usually. Um, so, you know, they're, they're priced it on bolt, they bid the jobs and now they're trying to, you know, get out. Concrete goes up, something goes up. Well, you but know, that's I mean, why you got to have foremen on site though to keep these guys, you know, but they may be spread over maybe two neighborhoods or five jobs. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, so but if you many, buy one yeah. of those houses though, you're not going to, it doesn't matter to you what happened. Right. So, um, one so let's of the, talk, that's a good, good intro to yeah. this. What kind of protections do people have? Let's say they did buy one of these, got a great deal, get in, and they're man, 
there's cracks in the wall, this house is a year old, what's going on? Mm -hmm. what, what protections do they have? Stuff like that. Sure. Um, well, you know, and there's, I'd like to differentiate between there's some sort of, um, you know, you'll have certain things that first year. As a, you know, um, uh, your dad's a builder, uh, he, he can attest to this. Um, in that first year, you're going to have little nail pops. You're going to have maybe, you know, tiny hairline cracks between joint tape and stuff like that. Um, those are very similar. Very, those, huh? Dad's house is dead. Dad's your dad. Because he would well, sit he's... in rooms and watch them and make sure. <laughs> yeah, my dad. Well, yeah, my dad. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. No, but I'm, and I'm not talking about, well, well nail pops right. you can take care of if you do sure. it right. But not things, I do understand things like yeah. squeaks, floor squeak, things mm -hmm. like that, you mm -hmm. know. Sure. That can just happen. But I'm not, I'm talking about. Structural things. And not only the, or, or. You know, I know um, one of the subdivisions off Midway four or five years ago when they um, people were in them less than a year, the carpet was pulling up, hardwood was coming, you know, mm -hmm. things that shouldn't be happening in yeah. less than a year. Um, so the way that I protect my clients, um, and if they allow me to protect them, <laughs> um, you know, so to be able to build, you have to, you know, they, they go through, you know, building and code standards, which I could basically, that's the baseline. That's, that's the... I look at that as far as like insurance is a minimum coverage. Right. Uh, you know, you have somebody that comes in and expects the, the house at, at each stage of construction. Um, after, after that, that's when I, when we're building a new house, um, I strongly, strongly suggest a three-phased inspection from a, uh, a reputable home inspector, a uh, licensed home inspector. Um, and, and the reason for that is they can come in and they can uh, they can look at how the they'll they'll do the first phase at foundation um, and typically these are you know slab built homes you know they're cheaper to, to build um, you know so they'll come in and inspect the uh, the foundation and the rough end and uh, and all that or stub plumbing and, and electrical uh, and then they'll also come in right before sheetrock goes up. So you have everything framed out. You've got every, you know, it's right before sheetrock. So that if there's any problems that happen in those two stages, they can be caught ahead of time versus trying, you know, after you've moved in and trying to repair them. But what Is about it, people that are like, you're they're just moving here and they're looking at houses already built. Mm -hmm. They're new, but they're already built. Now, what yeah. do you, what do you tell them to watch out for? You, you still have, you still have a, I still, you know, if they don't, if they don't get a home inspection, I have make them sign a piece of paper that says I strongly suggested that they get one. But um, so, but they're covered right. for a certain period of time. Exactly. Even if there's problems, I mean, if if your hardwood's coming up in less than a year, mm -hmm. the builder's got to come back and fix that. I mean, mm -hmm. there are things that are. Yeah, most of them offer a one-year anything warranty. Right. So basically, if you find a problem that was not caused by you living there, right, uh, they'll come and fix the nail pops, the hairline cracks, the um, uh, you know, if you have a flooring piece that comes up or a hollow point, you know, hollow part, part in there, they'll come and fix all that. Um, now, getting them out there, you know, they have a, uh, <laughs> you know, saying, you know, giving them warranty and them getting out there to do it, you have to stay on them right. uh, to get them to do that. Uh, but also they have, um, uh, they, they still have a 10-year structural warranty, and I think that that's actually uh, mandatory to be able to insure the property for a 10-year uh, structural. So if there's anything structurally that happens... Now, um, a lot of that uh, could be, uh, it needs to be the homeowner's responsibility too, because one of the biggest factors for structural damage is water. Right. I think uh, it's five years. That's what's trying to think in my mind. Yeah, well, well, most of them are often 10. Uh, yeah, are they? Like okay. a 2 chin or, or something like that okay. warranty. Um, but the, uh, and I think maybe maybe the maybe the threshold is five, but they're offering Right. Like 10. I got you. Um, but what homeowners, and, and whether it's new construction or a 50-year-old home, Getting water away from the foundation is the biggest thing you can do. Making sure your gutters are clean, making sure that the water is getting out from the foundation. If it's getting in, 
how quickly is it evaporating? If it's not evaporating, do we need a sump pump? You know, so it's, um, that's one of the biggest things because water, you know, it expands and contracts. It, you know, uh, erodes the water or the, the foundation or the area around the foundation away. So, yeah, definitely um, water is the biggest thing. It's the easiest thing to fix, you know, just making sure that the water is getting away from foundation. What about, uh, all right, where, where are, where is housing most limited? If somebody moves here and wants, hey, I want to live here, where, where are they going to have the most trouble finding a house? Um, so probably the hottest market in, in our area is uh, the area located uh, on 81, Highway 81. Um, that's the one that uh, seems to be where people gravitate to. Uh, and largely what, you know, most home buyers that are coming, we work with a lot of buyers that are moving to the area. And one of their, their biggest criteria, and I think this is, applies to just about any, any market, is how well the schools do uh, from a national or statewide standpoint. And those schools, you know, typically around uh, Highway 81 uh, have ranked higher in the state, um, you know, than, than others. Now, we've had a lot. We've, we've done very well in Anderson County with schools. Uh, Palmetto. Um, Pendleton, uh, Crescent, BHP, Teohanna, all of those ranked in the top 20 statewide at U.S. Uh, US News and World Report status. Now that's, you know, factors with, um, uh, you know, the percentage of kids in eight enrolled in AP classes and how they do on the national Ren, test. Powdersville. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ren actually, uh, you know, Ren was, it was a weird year for Ren because they didn't make the top 20, but, you know, if you ask anybody, Wren's one of the best. Right, you know, that school district, nobody worries exactly. about Wren and Powdersville. Yeah. Too, yeah. You know, um, and then, you know, going up into Pickens County, you know, Daniel High School is like one of the top. Right. Um, there's a few, you know, private schools in Greenville that did real well and that sort of thing. But um, largely, and I, think, and I think one of the biggest things in Anderson, you know, compared to other markets, uh, is that we haven't experienced the influx of people at the rate that other, uh, other areas have. Greenville has just, I mean, they're exploding at the seams. There's some areas in different counties like, you know, Easley, Piedmont, Powdersville, Williamston are basically just kind of become suburbs of Greenville. You know, they, you know, they're driving to Greenville uh, because I don't know if you've been on Woodruff Road lately, but honestly, unfortunately, I can get from my house to downtown Greenville faster than a friend of mine who lives right off Woodruff Road, half the distance away. It is ridiculous. Well, the, the number of condos and apartments going up over there reflect that. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's starting to, you're starting to see that urban, more urban kind of housing over there. Which only, only increases the um, uh, the economy, you know, in downtown Greenville. All right, let's flip the other side. Best, mm-hmm. if you want a big house, you don't care where in the county you live, where's the best? <laughs> well, let's, let, uh, let me think about that. So, um, uh how, how are we dividing this? Are we doing this on, on just single family? Or are we doing um, Let's say you've got, a, you got four uh, kids and you want a big house and you don't care where in the county you live. And price is, no, the, price is no factor. Just where uh, you get the best bang for your buck. That's my point. Well, I mean, best, you know, unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately. I mean, I, I'm, I think that they offer a very good product. I mean, the best bang for your buck is going to be with a, a national builder. Right. Um, no, but I'm talking about what part of the county. That's what I'm still shooting for. Oh, okay. Um, and so not necessarily nationally. If you find a good local builder, they can it'll work with you all the way. That knows how, no, the, no. The big surprise, and the thing I see the difference in a good local builder in that is they've got the notebook said, I can change this. Here's what it would cost. Just, we can pay it right now and get it out of the way. You don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. They know all, there's no surprises at the end. Right, yeah. But, yeah, what part of the county is the best values for 
land and stuff? Uh, so uh, if you're looking uh, on a cost basis per acre of land, uh, you know, probably some of the cheapest land is going to be um, in the star area. They have the most land uh, for sale. And, you, you know, that's roughly about 3000 bucks an acre, you know, for a lot of land. That, it's a big land. county. We've got a big county. We, we do. We do. Um, it's... Um, it, that's that's probably the best bang, you know, and then, you know, the further in, you, you have to go in Abbeville and find, you know, land that's a little bit cheaper. So if you're looking for raw land, hunting, you know, just to build a house on, I have several clients that are looking for land um, right now, and it's, uh, that's that's where they're gravitating to get the most land for their money. Um, now, do you, you sell land and everything? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you don't, yeah, you, you we do, do it all. You, yeah. you, you don't focus on any particular disorders? No, you know, we, uh, you know, there was a big push for focus back uh, in 2002 to 2005, 2006 to be able to uh, to specialize. We specialize in real estate. <laughs> uh, you had a lot ding, of, ding. you had a lot of people who, you know, quote unquote specialized in um, lake or land or that sort of thing. Right. What happened is, is when those markets dried up, uh, you know, what do you have? You know, uh, if, so we we specialize in real estate. Um, you know, I had a buyer or seller call me the other day, and um, they found us online and said, you know, hey, we've looked at your Zillow reviews, or you know, you look, you know, you've got so many, you're top in your your county. Um, she was, she was talking about uh, listing her home. She said, and this is the first time this ever happened. She said to me anyway. I'm thinking it probably happened to Ayla. She said, um, now I don't have a two hundred thousand dollar house you know, will, will you still work with me? And I said, I'll put it to you this way. I said, we're willing to work with anybody who's willing to work with us. Uh, if you, you know... You just mentioned you work with your wife. We do, yep. Uh, she's she's the rock star. Uh, I'm actually wondering why I'm here. Uh, <laughs> she's uh, she's definitely an impressive woman. And she's um, been doing real estate a long time too, right? Tell them who your wife is, so people... Uh, my wife's Ayla Chapelier. Uh, she's been, uh, she's had her license since she was 18, uh, she got it um, while, you know, still in college. Right. Um, and then, you know, kind of used it as a vehicle while she was in college just to, uh, you know, be able to work and, um, you know, make a good good living while in college. Um, kind of a, a, as she wanted to work. It was a, it was more free than sure. a typical 9-to-5 job. Um, but, you know, quickly found that, uh, you know, if, if I'm going into a career path where the max pay is, you know, $150,000, where, you know, is there a ceiling for the career path I'm on in real estate? Right. There, you know, there really wasn't, you know, it was basically whatever amount of time you wanted to put into. And from the get-go, I mean, Ayla was instrumental in establishing um, the, uh, our reputation. Uh, she was always a, uh, a very honest, never put a closing above her own reputation, uh, which, you know, was great, um, you know, and that's how we've continued our business is not um, our, the way that we run our business is a relationship is, is more important to us than a commission. Oh, y'all are local. We are. Family's here, people know you We're here. Highly invested people know in your mom community. and daddy and all that stuff. Absolutely. So. Uh, I grew up That can here. make a difference. It does, and especially in Anderson, where you, you, you go into a grocery store and you run into 15 people that you either, you know, sold a house to or know from church or uh, know you know, kids, kids blow, yeah, you know mom and dad, you know, God, I don't want that getting back to uh, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, reputation, our reputation is, is paramount in our business, and I think that's any service industry, you know, you've, 
uh, you have to have a good reputation or else they'll go somewhere else. What, what role has social media played in the way y'all have changed the way you do business? Uh, tremendously. You know, being able to get, uh, be, you know, instantly connected, um, you know, to folks that are, you know, good friends or acquaintances, or past clients, family, and that sort of thing. I think what, what I use, we, we actually have a, a full-time marketing person um, with our team that uh, social media is a large part of, of what she does. And, but for me personally, I like just being able to get on there. And, and if I run into somebody in the grocery store, it's like, yeah, I just saw that you came back from vacation. How did you enjoy that? You know, there's not that, you know, you can, you can stay connected to people uh, and, you know, and be part of their life and, you know, enjoy what they're going through um, without, you know, having to, you know, constantly be in touch. You know, it's not, there's no awkward <laughs> silences. Right. Yeah. We know too much about everybody. Social media has been great. I mean, you know, uh, Facebook is largely um, our media that we, we work through. Um, you know, however, uh, you know, Twitter uh, and LinkedIn has been good, you know, from a, um, you know, being able, people can get on LinkedIn and look at us uh, from a professional viewpoint right. versus a social viewpoint. All right, shifting gears a little bit. Let's talk about another passion of yours. Let's talk about the free clinic. Oh, okay, great. Yes. Tell, tell us, remind everybody about the Anderson Free Clinic. Been here a long time, done a lot of really good work, and I know you've been active with them and trying mm-hmm. to get people to volunteer and give. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the free clinic. Uh, free clinic is, the purpose of the free clinic is to be able to serve the uninsured or underinsured citizens of Anderson County. Uh, the, the, the benefits are twofold. Uh, you know, the way that the way that it works is is you have, uh, you know, you have uh, Medicaid and Medicare. Uh, now, one of them serves you know mothers and children, and one of them serves elderly, you know, up to a certain age. And then in that middle between those two uh, are the folks that have personal insurance. Um, and the ones that don't have personal insurance are just basically. You know, and most of those are the working poor. They're not. They really are. That's what people forget. They're not people sitting around at home all day. They're the working poor. They're caught between. Yeah. So because um, because AnMed is set up as a nonprofit, uh, not for profit um, hospital, and I think it's only one of three in the state. Um, you know, they're to be able to have that. Uh, they have a charter that you know they they everybody can you know doesn't have insurance can go to the ER. Um, what the free clinic does is takes 1,500 people that we serve on a regular basis um, out of that ER. So I know I, I recently saw you know someone having to wait hours and hours in the ER. You know, imagine if those 1,500 people were in the system and had to go. You know, and obviously you know, you know I really won't talk you know politics or anything, but Medicaid expansion would have taken care of a lot of those. Yeah, South Carolina was backwards on that one again. We we opted out of it. Um, States and we're paying for other states to expand it. We are so paying. it's still coming out of our taxpayers' <laughs> pockets. Y'all will uh, talk politics. It's still coming out of the pockets of the taxpayers of South Carolina, so Kentucky can expand Medicaid, and so the government will pay 100 percent through 2020, and then 90 percent after that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to pay 100 percent of what we got because we're got some sort of ideology that doesn't realize that there's a lot of working poor. The, the free clinic is volunteer doctors and dentists, correct? And people start lining up. Early. Well, we uh, we go largely on appointments, uh, right. so you know. It, but I so still see lines. Not, you, you do. You'll see. You'll see a line. I mean, somebody um, that's desperate is not going to go there and try to get help. There's a lot of pitiful stories. Um, one of the, uh, you know, I, I suffer from you know 
extreme empathy, I think, a lot of times, you know. Call him a good heart. Well, it's, um, you know, my aunt, Sandra, she's she's worked at the free clinic for, I think, 18 years. Um, One of the longest-running employees and and just absolutely vital to uh, our organization. And we just appreciate all the employees and volunteers that come. Um, You know, I hope that they, you know, know how appreciated they are. Um, but you know, she told a lot us, of doctors here. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. Dentists, you. A lot of doctors and dentists here give their time to do that. Could always use more, but there are a well, lot of folks who we have an absolute amazing staff of doctors and dentists and, and folks that give their time. Um, these are folks that don't need to do this, you know. <laughs> be easier they, to go home and not, it would be, and in fact, it's, it's easier just to not think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier because. You know, it's not like you you see this. If it's out of sight, it's out of mind. It's not like you see it on a daily basis in in, in most of our everyday life. You know, we, uh, you know, largely I think, um, you know, our county employment rate is actually really good. I mean, it it's it's very close to our bait beating national average. It did it last about, time, last week it did, yeah. Yeah, last so month um, you know, so we're we're actually doing really well. Uh, so most of the folks you don't you don't see the poor you don't you know and you might see somebody walking you know down the street or you know um, panhandling at a corner or something like that, um, but that's usually the extent of it. Uh, you don't actually see the folks that you know are are living paycheck to paycheck or you know they're working they they're, they're, they're not panhandling they're going to work they're going to work right. and um, they're frustrated. I was talking to somebody the other day, yeah. was saying people have missed the frustration of a young couple who you know got high school diplomas, that's probably the level of education they're going to rise to, you know, mm-hmm. and working full-time jobs and can't pay their power bill and they're frustrated when people mm-hmm. call them, you know, leeches and looking for welfare and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, until, until the recent pay raises, our county deputies, almost all of them were eligible for food stamps. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a lot of people that need it. And the when you get to help, the health care thing, some of the things they do, I think that's impressive at the free clinic um, is and this is this is not emergency room stuff that I think is really kind of cool is maintenance of people with diabetes yeah. and other chronic things that they're never going to get help going to emergency room. But well, y'all get to know them, exactly. you know who they are, you can make sure they're getting their medications and taking care of. Them. I think that's pretty impressive because that, mm-hmm. that's that's more than triage. It's long term. And there, I know there's a few doctors in sure. here town, and I'm not going to mention any names and. Uh, because they say they get in trouble, but they, they see people for free off the clock. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good-hearted folks trying to help really that are. situation that don't, don't that don't want the publicity and yeah. that people wouldn't be getting help otherwise. But the free clinic's been going on a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just celebrated 30 years last year. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's a it's a real special thing in this community. Yeah, a lot of volunteers. You're, I mean, how long have you been volunteering with Craig? Uh, you know, I started off in the pharmacy about three years ago, okay. uh, and um, just I, I was pre-pharmacy um, in in college, um, and then you know obviously switched my major. <laughs> but um, you know, and then I worked in a pharmacy through you know in high school and college uh, as a pharmacy tech. Now. Uh, Basically, what I was utilized for was just basically handing out, you know, medicine and, and sure. cashiering. So, um, but it allowed me to be able to see everybody. It, it wasn't behind the counter counting pills and, and and that sort of thing. I was, you know, in front of everybody, seeing, you know, how they are and everything. And, um, you know, I, people, and I guess in, in a certain income level, maybe just not used to having just somebody smiling and ask them how their day is. You know, and amazing how they come in. You know, and within a couple of seconds, you know, I might have joked with them, and you know, they laughed, and that was that was one of the big motivators for me. 
Um, but yeah, then uh, I was invited uh, to be part of the board last year and served on the board and then this year on the executive board. So um, it's, it's definitely a passion of mine in the free clinic. And, uh, and that's why, you know, our fundraisers are so, <laughs> so important is, you know, everybody can do something. Um, right. You know, I think I recently posted uh, a uh, fund me, a GoFundMe page, you know, prior to the walk, uh, you know, and I challenged, uh, you know, all my friends to give $25. Uh, you know, I have 2,000 and some odd friends on Facebook, uh, you know, and, you know, largely it'll be dismissed. Um, I understand that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they really, you think Can they still it, give to that? Absolutely. We're, absolutely. We're the... It's on my Facebook page. Okay. Uh, so if you go to, uh, you know, just Craig Chapelier on Facebook, okay. uh, if I'm not a friend of yours, friend me. Okay. <laughs> I'm not picky. Um, and uh, just, uh, and then go there and you can, you can give. It's, um, if you, if you give, uh, you know, $25, you know, you're more than welcome to come to the walk uh, at the uh, AnMed North Campus on the 19th at 10 a.m. Um, and uh, and just you know walk with us and show the support for the community and uh, and the free clinic. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah, and it is it is an extension. I mean, I know it's not uh, it can't be by its very nature advertised, but it's just an extension of all the faith based stuff that's going on in this community. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. I mean, because it uh, the demarcation that's, that seems to really fall down in Christianity is whose side was God on. It was always the poor, the oppressed. The, People who needed help, not absolutely, him. absolutely. So, uh, and that's why I said, you know, to the what you do for the least of my brother, and you do to me, right? Um, knowing that it's easy to overlook that sort of thing. And that's um, that's the, like I said, it's the only demarcation you find Jesus making between followers and not followers. What mm-hmm. they did, not what they believed. It's kind of interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, and I think largely, uh, you know, I think it's that scripture in, in, in James. You know, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, I was explaining, I have a seven-year-old boy and, you know, we, we get a lot of our in, in deep conversations at bedtime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've always tried to teach him that love is not a feeling. Love is an action. Love is what you do. Uh, faith is what you do. Uh, you know, it might not be what gets you into heaven, but it's definitely the mark you make as uh, a Christian and as a, uh, or as anybody of faith. You know, it's, it's, it's what you do for somebody. And if there's not more to it than heaven, we're in trouble already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, now what do people want to volunteer for the free clinic? It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, just contact me. I'll get you in touch with the right person. Right. Um, they can use volunteers even if they just have oh, a little gosh, bit of time absolutely. to help with a little something. You know, in fact, um, I know that uh, there are a couple of openings on Friday at the pharmacy, um, definitely, that could be used. Uh, you know, as more and more patients come up, um, you know, we, you know, there's some folks, bless their hearts, they are on 15 medicines. Uh you know, and these are medicines that would cost thousands right. of dollars a month if they were, you know, self-pay. Right. Um, thousands of dollars. And largely, like you mentioned, uh, diabetes and, um, you know, hypertension or uh, pulmonary disorders. And they wouldn't cost thousands. Those people would just die. I mean, essentially. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I mean you know. They're not, they don't have the money, so they're not, if they were self-pay, they'd just be out of luck. Well, you know, and when you reach a certain income level, it's, it, you know, uh, diet and exor- exercise aren't exactly as... Right. Something that they, you know, it's more day to day living, not okay. How much kale can I get in today? <laughs> you know? None. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it's how can I fill this hole, not what you know. What's the best thing to fill it with? You so. have to say kale. Yeah. No, I think of kale. I always think of the the old line: uh, "Life is short, but not short enough." <laughs> if I eat kale, my life is just not short enough. But uh, now what you're saying. 
Well, man, I tell you, that's it. And that's one of the things that like, we always try to do. That, and that's why I really want to talk to you about not only the news sort of the stuff, but the mm-hmm. people doing stuff in the community and trying to, anybody doing anything good, we need to stay behind and work with and support. And that's why the Observer started. We're trying to be an advocate for what's going on in the community. And, well, you know, so. it's, we can live, we can leave it up to, uh, you know, and I think that's, that's the, re- the direction seems like the, the nation is going is they, you know, bigger and bigger government, the government will take care of it and everything like that. And, uh, you know, it's not the way it should be. I mean, it should be us caring for, for our own, you know, our own neighbors, our own citizens. And that's, you know, one of the missions of the free clinic. And then, you know, there's several other organizations out there that do exactly the same thing in helping the hurting and the poor and the sick and, you know. Um, and all the clamor here on recording this on Super Tuesday, I'm not hearing any discussion of that, of getting yeah. out, helping, doing yeah. things. And that's unfortunate that the focus is away from, again, yeah. well, whichever you know, side you're on, uh, you know, ideologically, I'm not hearing very much uh, about... You know, doing anything for the the underclass, the working class, the poor, working poor, essentially. So that's mm-hmm. unfortunate, and that's why people who are made aware of it are going to have to step up because yeah. you know, unfortunately, it's not on the radar of those who yeah. are what's in it for me kind of thing. But yeah. what they don't get, and I, and you get this, Craig, is is if you've ever done anything, you get so much more out of it than the people you're volunteer. People don't understand that. That's yeah. the economy that you. Of course, you know, we're, I've known you a long time. We're both, you know, we're both believers. But, you know, the idea that you, you get your life by giving it away, it sounds crazy. It makes no sense at all because it yeah. sounds like a, like some sort of paradox, you know. Yeah, How do you give it away and you get it? It shouldn't happen that way. But, you know, you talk to anybody and about what are some of the best moments of your life. And, and in, in that conversation, it's, well, when I help this person do this, you know. Mm-hmm. Particularly when somebody can't repay you, there's something about that. It's not charitable. It's just it's sort of soul-quenching. There's something mm-hmm. that really kind of quenches the soul and makes you feel like this is what I'm here for. Well, I think we're wired that way. We you are. know, if you're, if you're, when you talk to kids, um, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. It's always, almost always a service yeah. uh, job. It's a fireman. It's a police officer. It's somebody who helps somebody that's, you know, in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only after we become cynical and jaded as, as adults that, uh, that we lose that. All right. And, um, you know, if we, I think if we go back to that uh, and just try it, you know, I mean, you know, you might not have the time, but you you might have the money. Get the money. That's right. You know, uh, you might have the time and not the money. Give the time. Do something yep. um, that would, and it not just benefits every, you know, the community as a whole, but it benefits you. you well, know, I had anyway. this discussion with somebody last night and they were saying, well, I really want to do something big. I said, you don't realize doing an hour a week is big. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, if you lose sight of that, yeah. you know, because that, that's where it comes is in those things, whether it's the Anderson Free Clinic or Meals on Wheels or mm-hmm. AIM or the Haven or wherever you want to give, you know. Yeah. They could use somebody an hour a week to give somebody Absolutely. a break while you sort or help them do something that's not, you know. And, and I've, you know, I think everybody wants, you know, they, if they do it, they want to do it big. They want to, you know, they want to make a big impact. Right. And it's, you know, it's for two reasons. One, you know, it, it might be for, um, you know, just reasons of uh, self-importance, you know. They, right. they want the recognition. Um, or two, it could be very benevolent, and you know they just want to. They see a huge need, and they want to be right. impactful. Problem is, is at the time, you know, you might have the best intentions in the world, but do you have the time to be able to, you know, fulfill that? And and what the organizations that are already set up in Anderson have is that foundation already. 
you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to, re you just help what's there. And then, you know, if you do have the you know, time and resources to be able to do something different, then great. And what would the free clinic be without people who could say, hey, I can only do three or four hours a month, but I'm, you couldn't do it. Mm -mm. You need that, that's, those pieces are so important to that puzzle yeah. that it's just easy to lose sight of that. I don't, you know. Yeah. Well, we cover a lot of ground. Uh, tell, oh, let's talk about free clinics. Got a Facebook page, right? We do. Or it's called friends, friends of the Free Clinic. Friends of the Free Clinic, mm -hmm. and that's the GoFundMe thing is there. And uh, the on go, your page go too. Friend, right? uh, it should. I don't know if it's posted on that page, but if you go to Craig Chapelier, uh, spelled with Chapel, spell your name. It, it's it's Chapel with two P's and an ear at the end. <laughs> so um, anyway, it's uh, you can go there and and, and donate. Um, so yeah, I mean, as far as you know, coming back to real estate, you know, yeah, let's give you uh, a commercial. Give yeah. How they can contact well, Keller Williams? How can get in touch with you there? Well, you know, just as a marketing standpoint, you know, inventory's going, inventory's down. You know, prices are starting to rise. You know, or, or have risen, um, and rates are low. So I mean, it's now's a great time. You Phone know, number? Uh, my number is uh, at nine four zero one five nine eight fifteen ninety eight. Uh, and you can contact me directly. Questions. All my contact information's on our Facebook or LinkedIn page. Um, our website is andersonforsale.com. Uh, very easy to remember. Uh, it's andersonforsale.com. And uh, we will be more than happy to do everything we can to, to help you. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. I appreciate it. Craig is a good guy, and if you want to find out more, I'll give him a free plug here. He's not a sponsor yet. <laughs> Visit Craig's website. And to volunteer, or you can visit Craig's Facebook page. You can find him, Craig Chapelier. He reminded you how to spell it, Chapel, and you add an ear on Chapel. So you put your ear on your Chapel and you got Chapelier. Or if you want to volunteer or give to the Anderson Free Clinic, visit their Facebook page. And it's just Anderson Free Clinic. You'll find that on Facebook, and you'll be able to find out all the great things they're doing down there. And if you know a doctor or a dentist or a nurse or a volunteer who's helping out down there, tell them you, know, you appreciate what they're doing because it really is something that helps our neighbors and it's good for this community. It's been great to see people giving back to this community. Again, every week we, we focus on that. It's one of the big focus uh, points that we try to make on the Anderson Observer podcast, news from people you trust. And one person who's been doing this for a long time in a lot of different places is the new Cancer Association of Anderson Director, Angie Stringer. Angie, Angie recently took over the post as Cancer Association Director and is helping the organi organization get ready for their 13th anniversary, which is coming up next week. All right, I'm talking to Angie Stringer, who is the uh, Terry Gar of the podcast. She's been on enough times, <laughs> but now she's in a new role. She's head of the uh, Cancer Association of Anderson, and we're here to talk about a special event. Yes, I'm very excited to be here. And as you know, we've talked before about how much this place means to me and uh, what it did for me. So this has kind of been a way for me to pay it forward. And I'm really excited because uh, 10 years ago, Catherine Smith and several doctors, oncologists, doctors, and um, people that were affected by cancer came together and organized the Cancer Association of Anderson. And so we are getting ready to have our 10th birthday party it will be march the 10th <laughs> so soon how appropriate so um actually wipe that out it's the 19th isn't it no it's this the 10th but um i've been looking at 10 10 i'm thinking about you know what i'm thinking about let's okay you're about to celebrate uh an anniversary Our 13th birthday for cancer association of anderson it was started in 20 uh 2003 and we're real excited about it we're gonna have a 10 to 12 that day 
a nice little birthday party with birthday cake, invite everybody to come out. We're trying to pump it up on social media and get it out to the media so everybody can announce it. We'd love to have you come in. If you've heard about the Cancer Association of Anderson but haven't had a chance to come, check us out. Come that day. It'll be an opportunity to meet some of our board members, to meet some of our volunteers, to see what we have here and the resources that are in place, and familiarize yourself because you never know. Cancer touches so many people in our community and, and really everywhere. There's hardly anyone that hasn't been touched by either a family member or themselves. Um, dealing with cancer. So this is a good opportunity for people to come in and uh, we're going to open our doors. We're going to have a veranda sale. So tell them where the event is. It's, it's at the Cancer Association of Anderson at 215 East Calhoun Street. Okay. We're real easy to find. Uh, block over from Main Street. So just come check us out. It's really nice. What time? 10 a.m. is when we'll start and it'll be over about noon. Sorry. And uh so it'll just you can let people know what you're doing here and that kind of thing. Yes, we are. We actually are going to start off, Greg, with our um, wall of hope and remembrance. We have several people who have um, given money in honor of loved ones who are going to be coming in to put their loved one's name on our wall of hope and remembrance, and that's a really neat thing to see because it not only has the names of those who've lost their battle to cancer, but also, people who are survivors who are there, Catherine Smith's name there. You'll recognize a lot in our community that maybe you didn't even know had cancer, but had really um, were survivors now, are survivors and uh, living in our community and thriving. Um, so it's a great opportunity to meet the people who are involved here and see what goes on here day to day. We actually are involved. Our mission statement is that we help with financial and emotional support to people who are dealing with cancer and their families in Anderson County. And that's the unique thing about the Cancer Association of Anderson. As you and I were talking about before, all the money that's given stays within our community. It helps people that are your neighbors, your friends, your family members, um, your coworkers. So all of it goes to those people within our community. Yeah, and, and again, organization was started here and is run here. It's for the folks here. Uh, you're saying y'all had a very busy year last year. Uh, yes. A lot of people. Last year we were um, working on our year-end report, and I'll just kind of tell you real quick. Um, they touched 1,836 people last year, and that's a lot when you think about it in our community that have cancer um, and are dealing with it. With financial assistance, um, we actually gave out $152,473 in financial support. And that can go for anything from uh, transportation, getting to and from appointments, which helps a lot when you're traveling three and four appointments a week. And, you know, every time you go, you have a copay or a deductible to pay. And uh, that, that little bit of money helps you stay above the water line, you know. Um, we help with that. We've also helped with um, uh, sometimes when you're out of work and you can't keep up with your premiums for your insurance. We've helped with insurance premiums. Prescription drugs, we, we help with that. We have uh, um, partnerships with some of the um, pharmacies in town so they can call us and, and we um, take care of the pain medications or the nausea medications that you need to get you through the treatment. 
So there's a lot of things like that. Plus we supply wigs, um, scarves, things like that to help with when you lose your hair and things. So there's a lot of different things that we uh, assist patients and their families with. And, you know, I want to say definitely the support groups. I know a lot of people um, may not realize how important those are, but it is so important when you're going through something to realize you're not alone and that there are other people who are at varying stages. Some of them that come have already beaten cancer. Some of them are going through cancer treatment. Some of them have family members that are going through, but it's a great opportunity. We have a lymphedema group that meets here um, for people who deal with lymphedema. We have a man-to-man -man group that uh, meets with men, men who are, have dealt with all kinds of cancer. We have a one in eight group, which is breast cancer survivors and patients, which is the one that I'm part of, and it's a really great. We do some fun things. We laugh. We go to lunch together, which is always fun. But it's just a great support system, and, and they become your family. Plus, we have a group called Sexy Broads, which are women who have uh, suffered with cancer below the waist. And they do a lot of fun things, too. They go to lunch. They meet here. They have speakers come in. So it's just a great opportunity to widen your circle and uh, have a family of people supporting you that understand where you are and where you've been, where you're going. Well, and I think one of the things, too, that marks you guys is, is different is People who are going through this spend most of their time in, in clinical situations. Yes. And this is not like that. I mean, this is a place where they can kind of exhale a little bit. There aren't stethoscopes and, and MRIs and needles everywhere. And, you know, they're not filling out 40 paperwork, uh, clipboard things. It's where people who have, it's, it's, I mean, it's based on, like I said, the support group idea. People who've, who've suffered from this, helping people who are suffering from it now. And uh, I think that has always been, when you talk to people who received help here, uh, I think they were, you know, a little surprised that it's, it's, a, it's a house. This is not a medical clinic. Uh, you know, there, there aren't any gurneys and stretchers and stuff. It's just people that are kind. And right. I don't know you're talking about the wigs and stuff. I, from talking to you and Catherine in the past, uh, that apparently is, for a lot of people, a lot of fun to get in there and just... Try on wigs. Try on wigs. <laughs> and, I mean, in a place where it's safe and yeah. people understand and all that. Yeah, we're very proud to have this. I mean, this is an older home. It's over 100 years old. And, um, it's big, know, though. It is. It's big, and but it, it's homey. Um, right. As you walk through, uh, you, you feel a sense of home here, and I think that's important. Like you said, it's not the um, sterile, you know, hospital-type environment. And I'll, I, will, I have to give kudos to uh, the Malik family. I mean, they are wonderful to us, and this, this is their home or, you know, one of their properties and we're very grateful to them for that um to well, how, how can the community support what y'all do here oh, financially a, one thing that yes. they can get where they can find it on facebook they can find us way. on facebook cancer association of anderson we also have a website that you can give through it's cancer association anderson.org um you can call here uh we can take money over the phone we can take checks we always take cash um, that's great, and that helps us. That goes directly to patient assistance. Mm -hmm. um, we also have fundraiser events that are a blast. I mean, we just finished this past Saturday our girlfriend's tea, which if you've never been to one, it's definitely worth it. People come in, and they get tables, and you decorate your table with a theme, and we vote on that. We have an auctioneer. Jimmy Johnson came in and uh, was our auctioneer for us. He was fabulous. We had uh, Jan Smith and Lynn Caldwell, I mean, sorry, Jan Burns 
and Lynn Caldwell give their um, uh, comedy routine on uh, them going through cancer. Lynn was a caretaker. She was her sister. And uh, they were, they shared their fun times and how they found the silver lining, which was a lot of fun. So it was a great opportunity to come out and it, uh, we're still having money trickle in. So hopefully we'll have the totals of that soon, but it was a great event. We have that, we have in September 24th, we'll have our concert of hope and remembrance, which is at Boulevard Baptist Church. Grateful to Boulevard, they're always so good to us. Um, we practice there and put on our event there. And that's our largest fundraiser of the year, so that'll be coming up. We have other things, too, that you can get involved in. One way that's really simple, everybody shops on Amazon pretty much. You can go to smile.amazon.com, and you can sign up. We're in the list of charities that you can choose, the Cancer Association of Anderson. And we get uh, half of a percent of everything you spend. But it's the easiest money we can make. You know, if you're going to buy your stuff from there, your Christmas presents, your birthday presents, sign up and support us. And we get uh, proceeds from that, which is a big deal. Um, what if somebody wants to volunteer? I mean, wants to, uh, we'll get to volunteer in a minute. If they want to donate, you know, wigs or... Hey, I want to leave you some property in my will. Y'all got people to take care of all yes, that. Yes, we do. We, we and if somebody has, right now, we were just talking about it. If somebody has a fairly last five years kind of Macintosh, Angie could use that. <laughs> of course, anybody well, I mean, people that replace yeah. their computer. There are people who just replace them every two or three years, and they just let the old one sit in the closet. Yeah. So instead of just, you know, give it to Cancer Association. That's right. Well, and I am a Mac person, you know. So And it's easy to do flyers and brochures and mm -hmm. graphic design on, mm -hmm. on Macs. So anything like that would be, you know, we'd be very grateful for. Um, also, uh, you know, we need things like um, if you've got some very nice furniture, we, we want to present a homey atmosphere to people. So if you've got uh, one of the things that we could really use is like a board table. If you've got a um, like a little conference table that our board, we have regular board meetings here and we have other events here. We could use that. Um, call us. Um Things like that we definitely can use. We do take wigs. Um, that that comes in handy. Uh, insure and Boost, we take those to help, you know, food supplement. Mm -hmm. What about um, volunteers? Volunteers, volunteer. yes, always. There's always something to do around here. We have a few volunteers that come in, and they just keep the weeds out of the beds and sweep the front porch and make sure it's clean and nice. We have that. Um, we have uh, people that come in and help clean you know, empty our trash, um, help us keep the bathrooms clean. Because once you're here and you see, I mean, there's some days when it's nonstop we get here. Lynn gets here and um, there are people waiting. The phone rings yeah. <laughs> all the time. Um, so it can be very busy here. We have very few days like today when there's not a bustle coming in and out. And when you're taking care of clients but things need to be done. Right. And getting ready for fundraisers. I mean, um for our girlfriends, too, we had people coming in tagging items for the auctions mm -hmm. and things like that. We always have that. Um, and even if it's just a couple hours here and there, yes. anybody that wants to come help a little bit. You know. Yes, organizing, uh, moving stuff around. At our birthday, we were just talking about our 13th birthday, which is going to be on March the 10th. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. We're going to also have a veranda sale. So we're going through stuff right now that we're not using. We hope to put it out on the veranda and have a veranda sale so that we can, you know, take in some money from that. 
Um, so that'll be really good. We'll need help with that if anybody wants to come out and volunteer and help with that day, uh, serving cake that day for our birthday cake, um, anything like that. We also have um, opportunities to speak. If you're a good speaker and you want, you like to get in front of people and you have contacts in the community, we'd love to have a speakers bureau to be able to go out that we can go through what we do here, get somebody inundated into our culture and what we do, and, and have people as representatives in the community, ambassadors to their businesses. That's very important. Um, I think you'd be hard-pressed in our community to find a company or a business that hasn't had someone that's had cancer and battled it um, to be able to say, hey, I know where you can get help. Right. Um, and then in turn, turn around and tell your company, hey, they help our employees. We need to help them. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put a commercial out there. We have several organizations in the community that are here that we couldn't do what we do without them. Well, I was just going to say, too, that, that one of the things that Anderson is very, it's, it's unusual to see the locally run charitable organizations cooperate the way we do here. Yes. I, I was talking to somebody in Greenville, and they were saying, oh, no, man, it's so competitive over here. They'll, you know, they'll cut your truck off, you know, <laughs> right. if they can get the stuff, you know. And here, you know, between you guys and AIM and Meals on Wheels and, you know, Foothills Alliance, and, I mean, it's just the locally owned, locally run the ones that were started here and are serving the people here. My experience in talking to all of them, I've never heard anybody say anything other than, hey, we'll do anything we can to help any of the other groups. Right. And y'all do things we don't do. We do things y'all don't do. And that, that's we don't have a lot of duplication here. No, we don't. And and the cool thing is uh, we have people come in all the time and they, uh, during their battle with cancer, they need a wheelchair or they need a shower chair or something. And we call Touch the Future, you know, and, and they go over there and they take care of that need. Um, things like that all the time that we're able to work together. And I will say, I agree with you totally. We have an excellent community with some top, top-notch people. And I think we all realize that there's enough of the pie to go around to help everybody. And we have a generous community. So, yeah, I think... You don't have to give much. That's right. If everybody gives something, you don't have to give much. Every little bit helps. And, and you know, I, I'll, I'll throw a shout-out. Anmed Health is a big sponsor to us. I mean, they help us with our fundraisers. They help us with things that we need to get done. Um, also, Edward Jones. Edward Jones is phenomenal to us. Their financial advisors come out and, and get involved, and, and they, they are wonderful to help us support our fundraisers and what we're doing here. We couldn't do what we do here without them, and um, everybody can make a difference, like you said. So, you know, if your organization is looking for someone to support, I would highly recommend the Cancer Association of Anderson. All right, so the best way to find out more in the days ahead is March 10th. March 10th. It's our 13th, 13th birthday party. At 10 a.m. At 10 a.m. a lot of 10s going on there. A lot of 10s, I know. it's the 13th birthday. It's not an unlucky birthday. Or no, it's a great birthday. <laughs> it's a great birthday. And it's your first birthday here as director. It is my director, first birthday so. here. I'm really excited. I've been here about five weeks today, so... Right. Pretty exciting stuff, but yeah. Well, I hope everybody will come out, and if you can't, go to Facebook, look, Cancer Facebook. Association of Anderson, or Cancer Association of Anderson. That's easy. That's right. And that, that'll help you find the website and everything else. And, and I'll tell you, Greg, we get no support. I'm going to throw this in there. We get no support from the big national organizations. Uh, right. The, we, we work with the Cancer Society, um, but we get no support. Right. Uh, we're all local, so, you know, that's. 
that's good for us and it's good for people in our community. And the people when they give here, they know that it's staying local too. That's right. So that's, that's the other thing. All right. Thanks, Angie. Great. Thank you. I hope to see everybody out at that event next Thursday, March 10th. They'll have a yard. Well, he called it a veranda sale. It's the same thing as a yard sale, roughly, except it's covered up. Uh, should be a lot of good things going on. If you haven't been up there to see the, the, the place they've got, it, it is pretty amazing. There are a lot of other things going on in the next couple of weeks I wanted to mention, too. Uh, the Milltown players are still doing the Foreigner for another weekend here. You might want to check them out. You can go to their Facebook page, the Milltown players, for details. Lots of good reviews on what they're doing over there. And, you know, we interviewed Will some time ago. We're going to have to catch up with him on this season coming up. Uh, the Upstate High School Drill Competition Championship is Saturday at the Civic Center. There are a bunch of high schools there doing that. And also Saturday, they're hosting the Special Olympic Swim Meet here in Anderson. Meals on Wheels Month is underway, and March 10th is their annual spaghetti fundraiser. So be sure to check out their Facebook page or their website to get the latest details on that. You can also watch the Anderson Observer. We'll have another story on it. We've covered it several times. We'll have another story on it before the event. It's a great event, good fundraiser for them. You can get food and eat there, or you can get food to go. And I believe they'll deliver from orders larger than 10. I think that's correct. And not too far after that, the Downtown Race the Rainbow and St. Patrick's Day Parade is less than a week and a half away now. It's set for March 12th, that's Saturday, starts at 8 a.m. with the races, is followed by the parade and other downtown activities. This will be a great event. All of it's for charity and is put together by the Pints for People and First Flight Alliance, both groups which sponsor a series of downtown charity events in Anderson. You can check out either of their Facebook pages or you can check out the Race the Rainbow Facebook page for more information. Again, great family event. They're looking forward to kids being down there. There'll be a coloring contest and some other things. I'll be down there with camera and video camera. Hope to see you there. And I do think if you've never raced before, it's a good way to start. There's walk. You can walk. You can run. And the First Flight Alliance actually has training months in advance of each race that's coming up to help people who might want to give it a try or get back into racing or running or even walking to get in shape. The Race the Rainbow is a really good event. Our downtown is growing. And these kind of events are just the kind of things that make downtown Anderson an even more special place. And just a couple days after that, we have the FLW Professional Bass Tournament coming with hundreds of boats coming to Green Pond Landing. Big event. And, you know, all of the events for this tournament are going to be held in Anderson, including the big event and weigh-ins right there at Green Pond. I interviewed Neil Paul, who knows more about this and about what's going on fishing in Green Pond and things in Anderson, visit Anderson. We'll talk to him, and we'll play that interview next week on the podcast. So you don't want to miss that. Neil had a lot of good things to say. He's done a great job out there, and he just continues to promote the wonderful resource we have here in Anderson, not only Lake Hartwell and Green Pond, but a lot of other things as well. Also, mid-March, which is almost upon us, the Anderson County Museum is going to open the new exhibit, Hartwell Dam, an exhibit looking back at the, Hartwell, the history of Hartwell Dam, and it's not only going to have historical artifacts and information, also some gear and trophies from last year's Bassmaster winner, our local fisherman himself, Casey Ashley. There's some of his uh, stuff's going to be there. Hopefully, even the Bassmaster's trophy might be on view for people to see. So as I said, March is already a very busy month, and it's getting busier. Lots of good things to do, though, so it's busy in a good way. And especially in the weeks now that are heading up to Easter, which is March 27th. That's right around the corner as well. One last thing, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but this past week at Anderson County Council, there was a group of dog lovers and dog advocates, probably is a better term. I'm sure they love their dogs, but they were just politically advocating dog. They were trying to get new laws on uh, animal cruelty and stuff in the county, and that's fine. Uh, they came in mass. There was probably close to 100 of them. And you never see that many people at county council. And while there were a variety of approaches, uh, a lot of the folks there were very, very aggressive. And while they were calling for 
you know, like I said, new laws and new ways. They were very unkind and uncivil towards uh, particularly Tom Allen, who has probably done more to push through legislation in this county to make us really one of the model counties in the state on, on, on taking care of dogs and strays and dogs that are animal abuse. He's gotten, you know, chains taken away from dogs, taken off dogs, and they did something about the puppy mills. And they've worked on it in stages. And like he said, it's very difficult because you get two very opposing sides on this. But the people were there were some cat calls and some other things. A lot of the folks were from out of state, and that's fine because I know we sent that. And one point that was very quietly made but was kind of shouted down almost by Anderson County Council Chairman Tommy Dunn was that no one would have even known about the Amara dog being shot and starved if it had not been for Rusty Burns and Paws and the folks really trying to take care of animals here and finding a rescue place for this dog. It's not like anybody's trying to hide anything. We don't have a ton of animal enforcement officers out there. And they're always going to pee people who mistreat animals, and that's unfortunate. doesn't mean we shouldn't try to stop it when we can. I want to mention one thing, and it, it's not an either-or. I understand that. But I was a little thoughtful when I saw this and saw this large group of people come in and leave very quickly after that one thing. County Council was once again an empty chamber after they left almost. There was about eight of us there, I guess. I know when Foothills Alliance that works with abused children and, and abused women tries to get volunteers together or tries to get kind of some kind of passion working towards that to try to help our kids who are abused, to get funding for it, to get new legislation and laws. It's been a very slow go. We finally are getting a few more uh, domestic violence um, laws in place next summer in the state. And, of course, Anderson County, we interviewed last week, is taking the lead in this to try to get our laws in place before that. But I'd love to see the passion and the folks show up in those kind of large groups when we have those kind of issues. It's fine to love dogs. Dogs are not people. I love my dog. Dog is not a person. Dog is not a baby, and dog is a wonderful animal and deserves every humane effort and treatment it can get, and he or she can get, and I hope they do, and I hope we do have the laws in place. And as Tom Allen, Anderson County Councilman Tom Allen said, they'll continue to tweak those laws to try to make it better and more humane for our animals. I hope people will approach it in a little more civil way and that they'll learn in the long run, as Dr. King said, you get more... um, progress done and more uh, res- better results by nonviolence and moving forward in a very civil and in and, and a very pointed way without having the kind of shouting and uh, histrionics that we had at county council tuesday night well that's about it we'll be back next week with another anderson observer podcast news from people you trust hope you'll join us then as i said we'll have neil paul with us and some other special guests until then get out and do something to make anderson a better place